Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Today's guest has loved being in nature since he was young. He was introduced to bike touring by his father, who took up bike touring and biking after 72 years old and his six horses were stolen. What great stories we have to share today. And he believes that nothing is impossible when you set your mind to it. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic. So welcome to the show, Tadio. Thank you, Tavardi. I'm very excited to be here with you. Tell everybody where you're currently located. Where are you from? I'm from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, I'm actually in Buenos, in uh, San Isidro. It's like 20 kilometers northwest Buenos Aires. Wonderful. Well, thank you for thank you for joining me. And I, I must warn listeners, it is definitely raining where Tadio is and it is thundering and lightninging and raining where I am. So if you hear some little rumbles in the background, just know that we're both in very different parts of, of the world and yet we're we're both experiencing some storm season. So if you hear noise, for those of you listening, just bear with us. Okay, so Tadio, let's start with this introduction to bike touring after your father had his six horses stolen. What an interesting story. Tell us about that. That's right. Um, yes, when he uh, turned 72, uh, my father was, um, he always had horses. Uh, when he was a young kid, he lived in, the, in a farm in, in Buenos Aires province, and he had uh, more than six horses. Uh, his family was uh, living in the med- middle of nature. And when he well, he married my, my mother, and they bought a small farm in Pilar, 50 kilometers northwest Buenos Aires. And there, they used to have six horses. And one day, they, they stole the, the horses. And my father decided to buy a bicycle just to uh, have something to do in his, um, in his uh, free time. And he... Um, started uh, meeting friends and bike teams in Pilar area. And, uh, well, he became a fan of bicycles. And I was, uh, I was impressed because uh, he, he was quite, uh, um, he, he was not retired, but he, he was 72 years old. And he started something completely new for him. And um, he uh, transmitted me the love and the passion for bicycles. Yes. And did, and like, when did that happen? When did he suggest that you go hop on a bike and give it a try? I remember one uh, summer I was going to take my vacations. Um, in Argentina, we, we start with a two weeks vacation um, for a whole year. And after five years, we have three weeks. And after 10 years, we have one month. Um, I was having a bad diet. By that time, uh, three weeks vacation, and I didn't know, sorry, excuse me, of uh, one month vacation. And I decided to do a, a bike trip. Um, 
my father suggested me to start with um, El Camino de Santiago in Spain, as he uh, did it uh, one, one year before. And so I decided to uh, follow almost the same path as, as he did. Uh, we both started in France, and um, I ended up in uh, Oporto, in Portugal. It was uh, a ride in Camino Frances um, that started in uh, Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port in France and then ended up in, in Oporto. Uh, sorry, in Compostela, and then I did a bit more up to Oporto in Portugal. Beautiful. And did you prepare for that? Y yes, but... Um, I mean, I started going to the gym and uh, doing some spinning, uh, mm -hmm. but it never is the same as uh, doing it in the in the real road, you know. Um, right. I remember at that time uh, it was not so common to have uh, Google Maps on your phone, and I did not have uh, internet connection abroad, so I bought a map um, in uh, in uh, France. And I didn't know the signals of the map, and I ended up doing what I thought it was a shortcut, uh, but actually demanded me much more time than doing another road because it crossed all over some mountains, and I had to sleep in the middle of the mountain. Uh, and a French family, uh, they they host me, and it was beautiful, uh, totally unexpected. Mm, that's amazing. And so from there, you obviously developed a love, knowing that you already had this love of being in nature since you were young. You used to camp with your family. Like your, your father really gave you the experience and the love of nature. And so after you did that tour, knowing you had this love of nature, you know, what, what came next? Well, uh, afterwards, I, I have to say first that on that trip, I really didn't know nothing about bicycles. I remember that I didn't know how to change a flat tire or anything. And I met uh, guys and friends from uh, bicycle teams that they wait to be really prepared for um, when they do their first trip. I was not prepared at all, and I could do it. Uh, so I want to encourage all of the mm -hmm. persons that want to do a bike tour, uh, just start. Uh, I mean, you don't have to have 100% knowledge of bicycles for doing a trip. And answering your question, after San the Camino de Santiago, I went to uh, Cuba. Uh, and I did uh, the whole island by bicycle with a friend of mine. And it was really amazing as well. And also I went to Uruguay, which is very next to, to Buenos Aires. And during some weekends, I, I ride from uh, Carmelo to Colonia de Sacramento in Uruguay. Amazing. Uh, also Chile, which is also very next to Argentina. And it's an amazing country to do some bike touring. I love it. And Cuba must have been absolutely spectacular as well, because it's, you know, obviously it's a place where uh, Americans can't tour. So tell us a little bit about Cuba. Let us let us live through, <laughs> live yeah. it and experience it through you. Well, I, I didn't know that uh, until I reached uh, Cuba, that Americans can go there. Um, I, I found a lot of Canadian uh, Canadians in, in Cuba. Uh, and I asked them, and I, they told me, oh, no, um, 
people from United States they they can come uh, to to Cuba, and uh, Cuba is very very nice country. the um, The only thing that has to be um, uh, a, a bicycle touring in Cuba has to take into consideration that the roads are quite um, thin, and the cars are quite um, old and um, they occupy a lot of space. So when two cars come into the road, you really have to get out of the road uh, mm-hmm. because it's very dangerous. There's no space in between. Um, but Cuba is fascinating. The climate is just a little bit too warm. Um, the people is, uh, oh, amazing, amazing. Uh, they're really helpful. And as any person going by bicycle, it, they it's a little bit vulnerable uh, to all situations. So people take that into consideration and they open their houses. They always offer you something to drink or to eat if you don't have, or even if you have as well. Uh, they want to share experience with you because you are from abroad and um, and uh, this is really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I really find Cubans very open-minded as well. Mm. Well, thank you for that. It's it's always nice to hear about a, a place that, you know, some people can't visit. So thank you. So at what point along your journeys, and I'm going to circle back to other tours and other um, cycling adventures that you've done since then, but at what point did you discover warm showers? Um, in the Camino de Santiago, I was in, uh, I think it was Leon, the city of Leon. Uh, I met uh, a couple from Spain. And they first uh, talked to me about uh, warm showers. And they they talked to me as, uh, it's obvious that you have to know warm showers. And I was, no, I, I don't know it. <laughs> so there I started and I became, uh, I, I mean, I filled my form to be part of warm showers and and I download. I, 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 I think there was no, not, not an app at that moment. It was just a web page. And I fulfill uh, my entrance uh, to warm showers, and and I didn't use it in in the Camino de Santiago, uh, but I started using it in in the other trips. For example, in Chile, uh, I used it, and also um, on my trip to Uruguay, I think yes. But what I like the most is when people come to my house in Buenos Aires. Yes. Uh, that is spectacular. <laughs> so you well. are a host as well. Yes, that's right. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about some of the cyclists that have come through um, and stayed with you. Yes. I will talk to you about two couples, one from Italy, uh, great friends of mine nowadays um, and back on that time. Um, their name are Walter and Marinella. They live in La Toscana. And they, um, I invited them to my house in Buenos Aires, but uh, I live in a small apartment, but it's uh, quite well located because it's next to all the touristic sites in Buenos Aires, like Recoleta Cemetery, etc. And after some days, I invited them to my father's place because I knew my father would love to meet them and my sister and family as well. Uh, so uh, they went from my home to my father's house 50 kilometers away, and it's quite, um, how to say, 
excited that that trip because you have to get out of this big city of Buenos Aires. It can be quite dangerous, but uh, they managed themselves to to ride up to there. Uh, and they loved my father's place, and my father invited them for, I think it was like two weeks. Um, and we had a really good time. Uh, after that, um, it was my, my vacation time, and they were going to um, Carretera Austral in Chile. And when they went back, they passed through Bariloche, where it's a city in Patagonia, in Argentinian Patagonia. And I have cousins there, so I encourage my cousins to uh, be host of, of my friends. And we they went to my cousin's place, and I flew to Bariloche to meet them there. And really amazing people, really amazing. And the other guys that also... Uh, I recall at this time, um, were a couple from England, um, Charlie, and I don't remember her name, uh, Charlie and her and his girlfriend, uh, they were going to do some um, surfing in Peru, and they brought their own uh, tables, uh, surfing tables, on their bicycles. I didn't, oh, there's like a surfboard, you mean? A surfboard? Yes, surfboard, yes, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that is quite an adventure because in Argentina, uh, when you reach the Andes, it can be quite windy. And uh, with the <laughs> that was uh, a whole of an experience. <laughs> amazing. That sounds amazing. And I, I love that you're experiencing all the fascinating parts of bike touring through hosting and touring, like you're getting both both worlds, because not everybody you know has the capacity to host and not everybody has the capacity to do longer tours. And so you're getting to experience both sides, which I'm sure makes you a better guest when you're touring and a better host since you've toured. And, and again, we all, we, we, you know, we can't all do all things, but you you have an interesting perspective. Thank you. Yes, I am going. Um, well, you, you, I, I'm probably going ahead with with what I'm going to say. But uh, when I did a uh, Route 40 um, in Argentina, I also uh, stayed at some warm showers place. Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used Bike Flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So tell us when that journey was and tell us about it. You're not going ahead. It's okay. Let's, <laughs> let's go there. I want to hear about it. Okay. Um, when I started biking, um, I wanted to do Route 40 in Argentina, which is the most famous route in our country, uh, when I turned 40 years old. That makes a number of sense. Uh, and, well, I was already 40, and I was not doing this um, plan. So one day I said, okay, I'm uh, half a year. Um, next I will turn 41, so I have to start right now. 
um, I started planning this trip and I met a guy that was uh, going to do the same trip, but just running like Fort Gump, you know. Um, so I, he lived some blocks away from my home and we have friends in common. So, um, I met this guy and it was really, really uh, amazing. I, I'm friend of, of, of him right now. Um, and we were the same age. He, his plan was to do it running at 40 and my plan was to do it uh, by bicycle. So we started on September. He started September the 1st, 2019. And I started in eight days later, September the 9th, I think it was. And uh, I took a plane to Jujuy province in the northwestern part of Argentina. And from there, a bus to the cross border with uh, Bolivia, a small town called La Quiaca. And I started from there, uh, all the way southbound uh, up to the um, lighthouse of Faro Cabo Virgen. Uh, this is a 5,200 kilometer way. That would be 3,200 miles approximately. Um, it took me four months. Uh, I did not uh, uh, ride all the day. Some days I stopped, uh, but most of the days, of course, I ride. The um, average was like um, 44 kilometers per day. And did you did you complete that while you were still forty? This you know, Route forty at forty years old. Well, had you turned forty one? <laughs> uh, I turned forty one in the middle, in the right in the middle of the of the trip. Uh, that was funny because it was just the middle. And I remember I I went to a hostel there. I met a couple, a elder couple from Buenos Aires. And funny thing was that the man. Uh, knew my father and he recalled um, my father. They worked together in, back in the 60s in, um, in, a, in a dam. In, my father is engineer. That is amazing. What are the chances that that would happen? <laughs> <laughs> and, I have, are... and I have, sorry, Tavali, I have another story similar to that. Uh, Tell me, yes. The first guy I met in my trip in Ruta 40, back in Fukui, um, was, uh, had a best friend, which was the person I last met in, in the Ruta 40. Um, and that's amazing. I think uh, it's a possible. small world. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a small world. So on that trip, what was your favorite part of that trip? Like what was the, what was the part that inspired you the most? Um, it's a difficult question, but I think it's uh, Northwest Argentina. If you uh, see the whole um, uh, itinerary of Ruta 40, you have three very different areas. Um, the Northwest, that is called the Puna. Then the center of the Ruta 40 is called the Cuyo. And the south part is called, well, it's in Patagonia. So um, I think the toughest are the south and the north. But uh, the north has uh, something unique that is if you are very high, um, 5,000 meters above sea level, a kilometer, mm. uh, meter, sorry, that is 16,400 feet. Um, mm. And uh, you get altitude sickness, you may get, I mean, I, I, and uh, I was not fully prepared for that part of the road. And I met amazing people there. 
And I think it's the most, um, when I have to think back about my trip, the first image that comes is, uh, I think it's the Abra de la Calle in, uh, in Jujuy, in Salta province. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the altitude sickness, you talk about that. That's for a lot of cyclists. It is a, an important facet to consider depending on where you come from and how, how long you have to allow your body to adjust. You know, being from Colorado, there's a lot of mountains and, you know, I've, I've had lots of guests come from all over and it is altitude is a real thing. It really has an impact on our body for sure. Yes. And, um, well, I think, uh, other thing is it's a very dry area and, mm. um, and uh, for example, your your lips may, might uh, blood a little bit. Uh, mm. Your your skin is very very dry, and you may get some sort of injuries uh, being mm-hmm. so dry as well. Yeah, yeah, really interesting that you you experience that a different part of your tour. And is that when you did you practice? I, I want to talk about this hop on hop off idea but is is did you apply sort of that technique during that part of your journey no because uh in northwestern argentina you have a small town very next to each other so maybe 40 50 kilometers so you can manage going from one small town to another one the problem is that in patagonia distances are far more um, separated the the villages Mm. so there uh, and the wind is such a um, how to say it, such a pain <laughs> when you when you ride. Some days it's almost impossible to ride. So uh, that was really tough. Mm-hmm. And there I had to apply that technique. Uh, so tell us about that off. technique, the hop yes. on hop off. <laughs> I like um, the way you've worded that. By the way, that's that's very clever. <laughs> well, um, as distances are too far away from town to town, uh, maybe one day you don't want to uh, just put your tent on the side of the road. You are tired. You, uh, I wanted to sleep on a on a bed. Um, so what I did is I um, at the side of the road you always have the kilometer of the of the road, and I said, okay, I end up here, and tomorrow I will continue in the same exact point, but now I will hitchhike to the following van or or truck that comes in. Um, mostly I decided to go uh, forward, no. But some, some days, uh, as the traffic is not that intense, if there's coming a, a van on the other side of the road, and maybe I go back to the town I already passed. Uh, it was not um, the most of the time, but sometimes I have to go back. Um, and the following, I slept on a bed on a small house. And maybe um, you, we have uh, here Gendarmería Nacional that help, will help you. Or maybe the police will give you some shelter. Uh, infinite um, possibilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, and on the following day, I hitchhiked the same um, up to the point where I left the day before. Mm. Did I make myself clear? <laughs> yes, yes. So you're you're basically saying that when there's longer stretches between towns and you don't want to just sleep on the side of the road, that you look for a car or a van or someone to pick you up and give you a little bit of an advancement along the way so yes. you're not spaced out so so far. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I actually haven't I haven't I haven't heard too much about that and what a really brilliant idea. <laughs> Thank you. Um 
that was just when I was too tired. And um, mm-hmm. most of the time I just slept on, on the side of the road, maybe under a bridge or next to a river, uh, all that. But uh, some days when you are 40, you want to sleep on a bed. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So Tadio, what's, what's next? What's next? Oh, the, um, there are lots of possibilities. Uh, I would like uh, to finish uh, the Carretera Austral uh, in Chile. I did with my father the northern half, and I want to do the, the southern part. Um, maybe with my girlfriend, but um, I just um, gave her a bicycle. We have to do some uh, tours before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. We've recorded a lot of shows with um, with couples that have gotten to know each other better <laughs> during yeah. their bike tour. So you might want to track those down and listen to their suggestions on how to be compatible at bike touring. <laughs> That's wonderful. I will check on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be great. That sounds wonderful. And for people that might want to, you know, visit you or follow you on social media, do you have any links that you can share so people can get in touch? Yes, I do. Um, for this trip, I have uh, Facebook and Instagram, which is at Plan R40, Plan R14, R4 route. Um, I will I will provide you that so uh, anyone that can contact me and see the pictures, the places I've been, uh, they can see that. Wonderful. And we'll put those links in the show notes so people can find you. And so... Um, yeah, this is this has been really great. Thank you, Tadio, for taking the time. And of course, if anybody is coming going through Buenos Aires, they can look you up and come to visit you and stay with you. Of course, I will be very very happy. Thank Wonderful. You, Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, go check him out. Go find Tadio. Look at his pictures. And there's some great pictures of him and his father and his tours. And stay in touch. And don't forget that we love that you love this show. And if there is someone that you think might enjoy listening, please feel free to share because sharing is caring. Thank you. And we will be back. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.